What makes Los Angeles Kings prospect Francesco Pinelli so special, and when can we expect to see him making an impact as a professional hockey player? We're going to talk about that today on a very special prospect edition of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. Are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, happy Monday. You are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and thank you for making this show your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all podcast platforms. My name is Sarah Pampato, host of this show. I have been covering the Kings since 2016, uh, so have seen a whole lot of goings on with this team, and I'm excited to get to be uh, guiding you through the light at the end of the tunnel as the team uh, looks to be, you know, competitive and fun and exciting. And not only are we competitive and fun and exciting, but we also still have a lot of great prospects in the pipeline to look forward to today. So that is what we're going to be talking about on this edition of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. Today's show, by the way, is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. So with the Kings taking a little bit of a break for the uh, Olympic break that wasn't, I figured we could check in on some of our prospects and see how they're doing. And we're going to start with the Kitchener Rangers and Francesco Pinelli, who is uh, already uh, catching the eye of a lot of Kings prospects watchers. And so uh, today on the show, uh, we're talking with someone who knows the Rangers very well. Uh, we're going to be talking right now with Mike Farwell, who you can hear if you are in the region uh, on City News 570 covering Rangers games uh, and uh, talking hockey there. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining the show today. Uh, give our listeners a little blurb. What's your elevator pitch on, uh, you know, how long you've been doing this for the, for the team? Uh, who, who are you? What, what do they need to know about you? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on the show. I love any opportunity to talk hockey and I say that even in the midst of a 68 game regular season to be followed by playoffs and it just, I can't get enough of it. So if this was happening in July, I'd be more than happy to do it too. <laughs> As for me, uh, I, I'm really bad at, at keeping track, which is a terrible thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is season like 20 or 21, somewhere in the ballpark of 20 years. I actually started covering the Guelph storm in the Ontario hockey league, moved over to Kitchener, uh, the year after their 2003 Memorial Cup. So my first year uh, in Kitchener covering the Rangers would have been 03-04 after a handful of years over in Guelph doing the storm. Uh, that's part of what I do generally as a broadcaster. I host a, a talk show by day on City News 570 and then cover hockey during the season. And of course, when you are doing that 68-game season, it becomes more like a almost like two full-time jobs when you take all the travel into account. But nonetheless, that's kind of my background. I've been doing uh, radio and television broadcasting since 1995 and then started in the Ontario Hockey League sometime around 2000, been covering it ever since. Awesome. So a wealth of knowledge. You've certainly seen your share of Kings prospects uh, come up through the OHL uh, in that time. And so glad we get to have you here uh, 
to talk about uh, Pinelli and, you know, there's probably a couple other guys you've uh, had had some eyes on over the years that maybe we'll pick your brain on. Um, but wanted to, to touch base on uh, on uh, Francesco, who is, uh, for any listeners who need the reminder, 2021 draft pick second round uh, by the Kings uh, is a player who I feel like when the Kings drafted him, everyone immediately was like, well, that's going to be a huge steal uh, for the Kings. So people are already excited about him. Uh, he is the captain of the Rangers this season. Uh, he's playing right now at more than a point per game rate uh, and had a little bit of a, a weird year last year with the the lack of the OHL. He actually went over to Slovenia and played. So, uh, you know, I saw that and I was like, well, of course the Kings drafted him because who else has, you know, anyone watching players in Slovenia? Uh, but the Kings certainly have a base there. Uh, uh, and of course, had an outstanding first season uh, with Kitchener in 2019-20. Uh, they really got him on people's radar. So what what is sort of the the general picture of him as a player? What makes him so special uh, as a player and also as a leader, knowing that he's wearing the C for the team? Yeah, I think that's a real big piece for him. And it's a nice piece for a kid that I think if I'm honest, was a little bit stung. You used that word steal mm -hmm. when the Kings got him there in the second round. And I, I think he was a little bit stung mm -hmm. that he wasn't a first rounder into the National Hockey League, because I can tell you he's got all of the tools to be that first mm -hmm. round caliber player. So you may find out in not too much time at all that indeed Francesco was a steal for the LA Kings in that second round. Mm -hmm. But here here in Kitchener, we we could identify right away that this guy had the raw material to make a really strong NHL player. He scored six goals in his first six Ontario Hockey League games, including in his first game in the OHL. And I remember watching him and thought, okay, here's a kid that comes in. He was a first rounder, obviously, to the Kitchener Rangers, taken 13th overall in the OHL priority selection. And he walks onto the team and he scores in his first game. And we're thinking, okay, this kid that we heard so much about and was a first rounder is making this game look easy. And then six goals, like I said, in his first six OHL games. Uh, and then reality sets in a little bit. He only had 12 the rest of the way in uh, some 50 plus games after that, but still a great start for the young man. And you mentioned how he spent that uh, COVID year, found a place to play in Europe made a mark too at the mm -hmm. U18s. Don't forget about that piece and just showed that when he's playing amongst his peers and with some of the best at his age level, he really can elevate the game, fits right in with a group like that. And then to have the C put on him this year, I think I, I'm really looking forward to watching how that leadership translates in the second half of the season. We've only just begun the second half here in the Ontario Hockey League. And at the beginning of the season, the Rangers still had... Uh, a couple other veterans on the team who I think were commanding presences. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I just mean that they were guys that, whether they had a letter on their jersey or not, would have been players, the kind of player that other players gravitated to. And I, I wonder if, if Francesco might have been trying to find his own voice and find his place among those veteran players. But because the Rangers are in a bit of a rebuild and some of those players have been moved out. I think it's really going to allow him now to flourish as a captain, not just through the rest of this season, but into next season as well. There's more coming up right after this. But first, it is the time of the year where, you know, maybe your New Year's resolution has kind of fallen by the wayside. Maybe you want to eat better. You just aren't quite doing it. Maybe you want to eat fewer snacks, but you really have that sweet tooth going. Well, Built Bar can help you with all of those problems because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And it almost feels like you're still having something sweet and delicious and 
full of chocolatey goodness, but you're also having something that's good for you. And the greatest thing about Built Bars is the variety that they have available. So maybe you haven't uh, seen the Built Puffs yet. If you haven't tried those, you're missing out on one of Built Bars' best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a regular old protein bar. They are a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Puffs are a fan favorite and they've got incredible flavors like the churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, and many more. So these are going to be your brand new favorite snack. They are low in calories, high in protein, high fiber, low sugar, and really just all around pretty darn delicious. So go and check out Built.com for all of the flavor varieties available, including things like mint brownie, coconut almond, and brand new white chocolate cookies and cream. Built Bars are delicious, and you can always get new flavors because there's always something special coming out. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It is Super Week brought to you by Get Upside. And of course, there is no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in LA all week covering the big game. So go check it out. Now we're going to head back to, you know, another Los Angeles team. We're going to hear about Los Angeles prospects, Francesco Pinelli, a little bit more coming up right now. Yeah, so looking at the standings, I mean, it is clear that, you know, Kitchener is a little lower in the division. Uh, do you think that they are going to, in the second half of this the season, sort of bounce back? Or is this really, like you said, just a rebuilding year, see what they can do, but, you know, playoffs are kind of a whole other story? Yeah, the, the Ontario Hockey League is pretty interesting that way. And once the trade deadline, which is always on January the 10th, passes, uh, you have your haves and your have-nots. You have mm -hmm. your teams that figured they had a shot at something and and bolstered their lineup, and the teams that thought, okay, this is not our year. We're going to sell off, get the draft picks we need to build for a championship in the future, et cetera. And if I had one complaint about the Ontario Hockey League, Sarah, it's that it doesn't offer you too many surprises. I mean, mm -hmm. occasionally you'll get an upset in the playoffs, for example, but but rare is the season where a team that thinks they have a chance to do something special doesn't end up getting pretty close to accomplishing that or accomplishing that. So we probably had six or seven, maybe eight teams out of the 20 in the league this year that, that made moves that indicated, okay, they think they're going to have a run towards a championship. And basically now it is those teams that we're going to be watching to compete for the top seeds in the conference and the division, et cetera. Kitchener is absolutely in a rebuild, but when I look at their team and, I've had conversations with their general manager and head coach about it too, and he kind of sees it the same way. There is an opportunity for the Rangers to be uh, the best of the bottom five, mm -hmm. if you will. Ten teams in the conference, and I don't think there's any reason that the Kitchener Rangers can't finish or should not be thinking of finishing fifth, in sixth place out of those. Mm -hmm. So be, be sixth be, be number one in the bottom five mm -hmm. in, to mm -hmm. look at it another way. And I think there's every reason to believe they can be. So looking at him as a player, uh, what what would you say are kind of his biggest strengths as a player, his biggest attributes on the ice that he brings to the team? The two that stand out to me, and anybody that's watched Francesco for more than a minute knows that his shot is mm -hmm. something else. And we could tell from the first time we saw him take that shot. I mean, the release is terrific. It's a heavy shot. It's accurate. Uh, we knew right away that this was almost from 
his first game in the Ontario Hockey League as a 16-year-old, that this is a pro-level shot. And it's only gotten better. It's funny, my broadcast partner and I talk often when we see him rip that shot from the top of the circle on the power play, for example. It always seems to be that same kind of laser-like shot, accurate. And we say to ourselves, or say on the broadcast, what? Why doesn't he do it more again? Although then I look at his shot attempts and it's right up there. So maybe we're just not noticing, but he absolutely has a a terrific NHL ready shot already. And the other thing that stands out about him is his vision. He, He knows where to find other players on the ice. He excellent at moving that puck to the open man. So if he's not going to shoot it himself, he's going to distribute it pretty damn well. His skating's not bad. The the knock that I had heard that might have seen him fall to the second round as opposed to the first was uh, an, a, a perceived unwillingness to really battle hard for pucks. So that we talk about it all the time, but to pull out the cliche, you know, go into the corner and muck it up and all of that stuff. I I heard some of that. So I've been trying to watch to see if it's changing or if it's something that I identify in his game. I don't see it as being a huge deficiency, but that's what I heard from talking to some scouts about why he may have fallen into the second round as opposed to the first. But I'll tell you what, and it's something we learned at the U18s when we saw him there and he had a, a pretty rough game and got benched towards the end of a game. I think it was against Latvia and responded really well with a hat trick in, in the mm-hmm. following game that he played. He's a very coachable young man. And again, he's got the tools there already, the shot, the vision, absolutely. The skating's pretty close. Uh, if he wants to be a top six NHL or someday, he can be a top six NHL or someday. Yeah. He does seem to be a little bit of a, you know, a human highlight reel in some ways. Uh, I feel like, you know, every so often I'll be checking in on what's happening and it's like, Oh, another three point game for him, a hat trick for him. Uh, look at this sick goal that he scored. Uh, so I think he definitely has that creativity that, you know, especially a team like the Kings who are always looking for scorers and always looking for guys who can put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, I think that that's one of the things that's really intrigued him, uh, intrigued Kings fans about him is, you know, how, how, that shot, like you said, of his is, you know, fantastic. And just imagining him and, you know, we have Arthur Kaliev, who also is another player who everyone is like, this guy's shot is crazy. Uh, you know, Kings fans are getting visions of seeing these guys all together in the future. I know uh, Martin Kromiak over in Kingston is another one who uh, fans watch him playing at this level and are like, all right, how, how is this going to translate to the NHL? And when are we going to start seeing him uh, put pucks in nets? Okay, can you slow down for a minute? Because you're going to embarrass the rest of the National Hockey League. Those three guys <laughs> that you just mentioned, honestly, Kaliev was a beast in this mm-hmm. league. Absolutely loved watching him. Chromiak's another great example. And and look at who he gets to play with right now and Shane Wright, of course. Mm-hmm. So, But you're right about Francesco as well, kind of being that human highlight reel. And I, I remember a game earlier this season where he had a career-high four points, all of them assists in a game against Windsor and he made that game it's like he was two steps like not just half a step but two steps ahead of everybody else on the ice the way he moved the way he moved the puck it was really special to see and I think you mentioned that he's on that point per game just over a point per game pace so far this season I I think that after the rookie year that he had and again it was a really deep team that the Kitchen Rangers had so he had his spot duty in that first year you know lower line minutes obviously but considering he did find himself a place to play last year considering his u18 tournament which was really successful for him i I think there might have been some sense that he'd come into 
this league this year and just tear it up. And there've been some eyebrows raised, well, why isn't he higher in league scoring and that sort of thing? But it, it's all right there. The entire game is right there. We know what he's capable of. I think a lot of people just came in with the expectation that he'd be a two, three point a night guy. And he's not quite there yet. Going to finish out our conversation about Francesco Pinelli with a look at Bet Online. Football, of course, might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And of course, it isn't just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right on down to the Olympics coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. There is one thing that I feel like is always not, not necessarily a knock on younger players, especially coming from the OHL, but, you know, it's always the, okay, it's great that you can score goals, but how do you play away from the puck? And, and I know that's always been a little bit of a stumbling block for a lot of kids making that jump from juniors to pro to pro is, oh, I have to actually defend sometimes. What do you see from him uh, in terms of defense? Is that an area that he's going to need to continue to work on? Is it, is it uh, something he's already kind of seeing as a work in progress? Yeah, I think I would say the latter. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I would imagine that uh, most players, if they're being honest, will admit that they could always do a little bit, you know, you know a little bit more defensively. But it, it's funny because I recall uh, in his rookie season where there were times where he, he wasn't being as disciplined as he should have been on the back check. And then, you know, you, you might even see that in the neutral zone, the body language at the, you know, straight up, not hustling back, that kind of thing on the back check. But then you can see how quickly it is corrected, which just speaks to me about his coachability. Mm-hmm. And this year you are definitely seeing a much more responsible 200 foot game from Francesco Pinelli, which is one of the things that, uh, pleases me the most just as an observer, because again, you go back to those expectations that some may have had that, oh, this guy's going to be, you know, up near the top of the league and scoring and he's going to be tearing it up and this, that, the other thing. Don't forget that he is not a defensive liability mm-hmm. when he's on the ice for you, right? So not only is he back checking, but he's back checking aggressively. I've seen him, you know, again, to that earlier point of some scouts not being sure he had the, the, uh, the desire to mix it up physically. He has certainly been doing that. He's actually out uh, with an injury right now because he blocked a shot. And Mm -hmm. when you see your captain doing things Mm -hmm. like that, I think it spreads through the team. So I would not look at his defensive game as a huge liability right now at all. Something you can tell he's been working on and I can only see it improving from here. Well, I wanted to get to a couple of listener questions and one of them you kind of touched on already, which is, you know, where do you think that he will slot in uh, in the NHL, I know that he'll have a little bit more time uh, here in juniors, but you know, looking at you know two, three, four years in the future, uh, do you see him as a depth player in the in the NHL? Do you see him as someone who is going to need a lot of AHL time before he can make that jump? What's what's your uh, future projection for him? Yeah, that's a really good question. I do believe that he has the tools, absolutely has the skill set to be. Uh, a top six NHLer. Uh, that is my firm belief. Now, 
watching him right now as an 18 year old uh is he going to have to be bigger and stronger we know all of these Mm -hmm. things everybody talks about them with prospects so maybe that will be some seasoning in the american hockey league but i think that if this guy puts his mind to it and continues to develop on the pace that he's developing in this league there and and depending on the depth of the Kings organization at that time Mm -hmm. at the pro level, but there might not be a lot of AHL time required before he's ready to come into the national hockey league and start making some noise. So I, again, I think the ceiling for him is top six. I think a lot of that's going to depend on what Francesco wants, what he decides he Mm -hmm. wants out of his hockey career. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch because I feel like the Kings are in, in, in an interesting position in that, now it's like, well, we have so many prospects, which is great to see, you know, the, the benefit of all of those years of being kind of mediocre are paying off with this great wealth of prospects. And now the next step that we're going to want to see is them pushing each other. Uh, and so, you know, I think it'll be once he gets to, to the professional level, you know, who, who, is, who is ahead of him that he is going to push out of the way or who, who is he going to, you know, make some competition with to make his, his name known and to get to get to where, you know, he needs to be uh, in terms of NHL skill level and uh, finding the right role on the team. You know, and the Kings have a pretty good track record in that mm-hmm. regard, as I'm sure I'm sure you well know. I was speaking not too long ago with Mike Fuda, who was a former mm-hmm. director of scouting there. And, and we talked about all of the OHL prospects because mm-hmm. he had been uh, general manager in the Ontario Hockey League with Owen Sound prior to heading to Los Angeles. And just thinking about all of the OHL guys that were there with them when the championships Mm -hmm. won, right? The Drew Doughty's, the Wayne Simmons, we can keep going through that lineup over and over again. And they had some great success coming out of this Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, it's it's been a great, uh, a great grounds for the team to to draft from. And I mean, we're already seeing it with Quentin Byfield, who's getting getting his feet wet in the NHL. Everyone's already looking to bury with Brant Clark. I mean, it is it is an embarrassment of riches, I think, for Kings fans, and everyone's really excited to see them all take the next step. Um, one last question from listeners uh, that I had is: I, I know it's always dangerous to you know do comparisons, or you know, the second you say, "Oh, this guy plays exactly like Drew Doughty," then everyone gets mad because he isn't playing exactly like Drew Doughty. But if you could compare his skill set or his potential to, you know, a, a current NHL or, you know, who would he most compare to? It's funny because I was just thinking that when I was <laughs> thinking about his, and I should have really given this more thought. Another great <laughs> listener question, though, I got to gotta tell you. So you've got some good listeners here, Sarah, that <laughs> is for sure. But as I was thinking, okay, if I'm, if I'm confident in saying, and I am, that Francesco Pinelli's ceiling is top six NHL forward where would I be what would I be thinking who would I be thinking of as comparable the first name that jumped into my head uh was Jordan Cairo who I know again is a young NHLer but I got to see an awful lot of in this league is Cairo maybe uh, a step or two above what Pinelli is now in the Ontario Hockey League sure but can I see Pinelli becoming that kind of a player? Not there with the skating yet at all, but mm-hmm. release, you know, hockey IQ, those sorts of things. So that I think that's going to be the, the the first one I'll default to is a Jordan Cairo style player. Well, this has been 
Fantastic. I feel like I've, I've learned a lot about uh, Francesco and how things are going for him this season. Uh, is there anything else that you think that Kings fans should know about him as a player, as a person, as a leader uh, before we wrap things up today? I would just tell you that you're really going to love him. And I think he's going to love the Los Angeles environment. This is a super laid back kid uh, who just loves the game of hockey and he's going to be a lot of fun to be around. I think you'll really enjoy watching him develop. I know he's going to a great organization uh, for that opportunity. And you never know, is this with the prospects that you've already touched on here, is this the the start of another uh, great run of teams for the Los Angeles Kings? It certainly looks that way on paper. So you'll really enjoy Che, as we call him, uh, for part of that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, I can't wait to see uh, see him develop, continue to develop in with Kitchener and uh, see see how things go once he gets up here. Mike, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate your insight. Uh, for people who want to hear more from you, who want to catch your calls of these games, where can they find you and all of that online? Yeah, the best place uh, I spend probably too much time on Twitter, but uh, at <laughs> Farwell, which is the last name. Uh, F-A-R-W-E-L-L underscore O-H-L for Ontario Hockey League. And if you find that, you'll find everything else you need to know. If you ever want to listen in on a game, uh, we have lots of fun calling them and they're available online all the time, obviously. So check in on your prospects or just, you know, on a nice night in Southern California, (laughs) listen to an Ontario Hockey League broadcast from Kitchener. Why the heck not? Love it. Thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to see how things go the rest of the season. Real pleasure being with you, Sarah. Thanks for inviting me. That is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you learned a little bit more about Francesco Pinelli, uh, Kitchener Rangers player and Los Angeles Kings prospect. Uh, Later this week, we, of course, are going to be getting ready for the Kings to return to action. Uh, Their break is sort of over as they prepare to take on the Edmonton Oilers on Tuesday. Of course, tomorrow we'll take a look at that game. Uh, we also have a conversation about the Ontario rain coming up. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a dive into what's going right with their season and some players you should be keeping an eye on. So that is all coming up this week on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. You can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Uh, so you never miss any of the action. And of course, the show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so just make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a future episode. That is it for today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, there'll be more tomorrow and every day this week here on Lockdown Los Angeles Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.